Today is May 29th for me. I am in Nepal, right currently in Kathmandu, Nepal. I went to a famous Buddhist cave in, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the very small city, but the cave is around here known as uh, Far Farping, Farping Cave, but in the, most of Buddhist culture it's known as Asura Cave. And it's a, a cave that uh, the historical figure Pamasambhava stayed in and meditated in for quite some time when he was traveling between Tibet and India. Uh, and this cave is uh, extremely famous. So, of course, I wanted to go. And um, uh, the driver here, who's becoming a very close acquaintance and friend named Nam Vras, uh, we drove out there. We left at 10 a.m. It takes about an hour and a half to get out there. The roads are tough. Uh, and then we stopped somewhere to eat. We stopped somewhere to eat. I had traditional Nepali food. I ate with my hand. It was very good. Oh, it was so good. And uh, the the host of the hotel slash restaurant asked me what happened to my hand. And I said, oh, I've always been like this. And he said, oh, from the beginning, <laughs> which I thought was a great phrase. He said, oh, from the beginning. And I was like, yes, I was born like this. And then he repeated what I said. Oh, yes, you were born like that from the beginning. And uh, I thought I just thought that was really neat. You know, I, I've never heard that phrase that way used uh, in my condition. And I'm actually going to start using it because I think it's a pretty cool phrase. So I thought I thought that was great. I thought that was great. And then I thought we were going to have much more driving, but we drove about 100 feet up this hill because we were parked on a hill. We just drove straight up. We ate, ate lunch. We drove straight up uh, and parked at the monastery. It's right there. I'm going to be talking about a few Buddhist things, but not too heavy because simply it's, well, part of the story. Uh, but I do want to mention that the coffee at this restaurant was just so good. Oh, lunch, oh, amazing, amazing. And then I get to eat with my hand, which is great. So we park and then we go up the steps a little bit. And right at the beginning of the monastery, basically, or at least on the monastery complex, is a shrine to Vajra Yogini which is a, uh, a female representation of just great power, Vajra Yogini, so special, so special. So that meant a lot to me because I have a deep connection with the female aspect of Buddhism, Vajra Yogini, Tara, uh, Avalokita, uh, not Av yeah, I, I uh, pray to that deity as a, um, as a female. It's kind of more modern, in contemporary times, known as male. But for me, Avalokiteshvara is female. And then, of course, Yeshe Sogyal. Uh, and that's about all I need to say about all that. That's probably more technical information than uh, most people want to know or even come close to, to knowing about Buddhism. And, of course, we walked up a ton of stairs. Oh, 
I'll just, you know, there's something about pilgrimage and stairs and climbing mountains. And it should be, you know, pilgrimage should be difficult. It should be challenging. And my body hurts. My feet hurt. My uh, my heel hurts. Yeah, <laughs> my knee hurts because I've been doing a lot of circumambulating, uh, circumambulating, uh, which is Cora, uh, a lot of mantra practice and a whole lot of walking. Oh, oh my word. And then we finally get to the Pama Sambhava cave, and I'm not going to say too much other than I had a couple of very profound experiences in there while I was doing mantra practice and meditating, and uh, it was very powerful for me. But when I came out, this is the crux of the story here. When I came out, there was a family hanging out, and uh, there was a family hanging out, and there was a couple of little girls. When I was when I was coming out of the cave. The little girl was in there, and I looked at her, and I smiled, and she smiled real cutely at me, and she kind of like skimmied out of the cave. <laughs> it was pretty adorable. Uh, but apparently her mother was in there, and, and uh, I came out. She was already out. Their family was gathered, and her little sister, she must have been four, uh, was on her mother's back, and I, you know, I was just kind of collecting my stuff, my malas. I put my backpack on, and the little... The two little girls were looking at me, and the mother said to the older girl, which was probably six, say namaste, say namaste. And she put her hands together in prayer position, and she just kind of bowed. She said namaste. And I leaned, you know, I bowed at her, and I I lifted my hand, you know, my only hand in prayer position, and I said namaste. And that's when this little four-year-old girl said, how come you don't have a hand? Where is your hand? And it's funny because she said, how come you don't have a hand? And I said, I, I repeated what this guy said to me earlier today at lunch. I said, oh, I have been like this from the beginning. And I, I could see her mother translating to her. And I said, uh, I said, I was born like this. And then the mother translated something. And, and then I I actually extended my left arm and, and I said, I actually have a very small hand. And I kind of showed her, showed her the fingers, the little nubules I have uh, at the end of my arm. You know, there's actually five of them. They're very tiny. And, and this little girl, she was, her English was great. I mean, she was contemplating in English. She obviously has been speaking a lot of English. And uh, she said, how come you're so how come you're so big and your hand is so small? <laughs> and I said, oh, that's a great question. It's very interesting because I am big, but I have a small hand. But look at you. You are so small and your hand is so big compared to mine. And the mother was saying something. They, they were talking in Nepalese. Uh, they were talking Nepali. I have no idea what they were saying. And then the mother said something in English like, just ask him if you can touch his hand. And then she said, can I touch your hand? <laughs> it was so adorable. And I put my arm out, and she went and touched my my little thumb, you know. And as soon as she touched it, I went, bing! You know, and then she started giggling. <laughs> and then she said, I want to touch it again. And then it, when she went to touch my little thumb, I went, boop, like that. And she started laughing again. And the family was laughing. We're just having this great moment. I just came out of some deep practice out of this Pamasambhava cave, this very famous cave. Unbelievable. I'm having this moment with this little Nepali girl who speaks, this Nepalese girl who speaks great English. Wow, I was, 
I was a little more than slightly stunned. And uh, we were kind of giggling and the family was trying to go and, you know, they were kind of leaving, but the girls were, you know, magnetized. They they wanted to talk more, hang out more and this kind of thing. And, and then this little girl, this little girl, this four-year-old girl on her mother's back said, I... She said, I love this little cutie. <laughs> she said, I love this little cutie. Like, you know, speaking about me to her family, but in a very kind of oddly adult manner, like like I'm this little cutie to her. You know, she's like, oh, I love this little cutie. And her whole family just melted. They all just went, oh, and it was just... <laughs> And even my heart crushed. <laughs> oh, my heart totally melted. And I just looked at her and I said, I love you, you little cutie. Oh, it was great. And then the, the, the mom got up and she's like, okay, we got to go. We got to go. And her father said, you must hug this little cutie. You must hug this little cutie. And this little girl and I just hugged. And it was just, it was so special and adorable. And then the family was, they're leaving, you know, and they're like, oh, say goodbye, say bye-bye. And I started waving with my, my short arm, my little arm. I was like, bye-bye, bye-bye. And the little girl was like, bye, 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 little cutie. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know what? It was an amazing experience here in Nepal. Uh, just totally amazing, totally amazing. I actually had another one in Lumbini. Yeah, inside the the Maya Devi Temple, the birthplace of Buddha, I had another experience with, oh, yeah, this little girl, my heart melted and then it just completely just vaporized. Oh, it was just turned into nothing. It was so, her whole experience was so adorable and forthright and upfront. And she also spoke incredibly good English. Um, I'm going to have to tell, I'm going to have to record that story in a little bit. I'm getting ready to leave again. It's six o'clock at night. I spent all day in a small town at a, at the cave of Pamasambhava, Asura cave. And now I'm back. I've been hanging out and, uh, the owner of the hotel, Ramu, um, invited me to spend the night at his place because I want to go to Godavari, which is a city, uh, a small city, about an hour outside of Kathmandu, where my teacher, Dzogchen Kempo Choga Rinpoche, who is a Tibetan Buddhist teacher, uh, his brother, Gaydak Rinpoche, also a very high, uh, very high lama in the Dzogchen lineage, has a monastery out here for kids, right? It's just all these four to 16-year-old boys becoming monks, this kind of thing. And I came out here two years ago to hang out with them, uh, but I can only spend tomorrow morning with them. And, and Ramu knew I was going. And he's like, oh, I'm going on Sunday. Uh, he's like, I'll take you. You can spend the night at my house, which should be just a phenomenal experience. Um, so later, I think tomorrow, I'll I'll share that other story with you about this other little girl who I met in Lumbini. Okay, until then, my friends, namaste. Here is the second story for this week's podcast. And this is really about just great experiences with children coming out of very sacred Buddhist 
holy areas. Oh, this is all I can say, sacred areas. And this one, this one was in the city of Lumbini, which is near the border of India. And uh, Lumbini, Nepal, it is the birthplace of Gautama Siddhartha, the person we refer to as Buddha. Yes, he was born there. And they have a temple uh, devoted to his mother, Maya Devi, uh, and it's called the Maya Devi Temple. And there's a marker stone that uh, shows the exact birthplace of Buddha. And then there's a famous Bodhi tree that's there, not the Bodhi tree uh, Buddha became enlightened under, where he realized 100% positive thinking. But uh, it is a beautiful tree that uh, Buddha's mother saw and said, oh, I want to give birth near this tree and then there's a sacred spring there uh, that's related to the birth of Buddha and it's just a great place it's a great compound uh, it's a great garden basically and then there's you know mon the, the the whole area is surrounded by monasteries it's just really a very special it's one of the four great pilgrimage places Buddha himself Gautama Siddhartha said that we should visit you know it's uh one is the birthplace of buddha two is the place he became enlightened three is where he first taught buddhism where he first turned the wheel of dharma and four is i believe the place of his birth i'm not 100 percent, or i'm sorry the place of his death um, okay, but I'll get back to you on that in a future podcast. Enough about Buddhist history. So this happened inside the, the Maya Devi temple. Now, what's important to know is uh, the temple is located inside of a large garden. And to enter that garden, you have to go through, uh, you have to take your shoes off. There's no shoes allowed inside the garden. And um, they have security guards and an x-ray machine. So they... You know, you have to put your bags in there. They're basically searching for shoes. And then once you, you know, once you're in there, you can walk around. You can go to the, the sacred Bodhi tree in the pond. And then there's uh, the Ahsoka pillar. Uh, and pla uh, prayer flags galore. So all that. And then the, the Maya Devi temple is there also. Um, and when you enter the temple, there's many signs that say, uh, silence. You cannot speak in there. And uh, you can only, once you enter the door, you can only turn to the to the left. You have to kind of circle clockwise, basically. It's called circumambulation, and it's the way uh, many Tibetan Buddhists and many Buddhists in general and even other religions, when they're praying and walking, they move in a clockwise position, especially around sacred Objects. So I spent three days at Lumbini. I spent an incredible amount of time doing practice. And in this temple, I did a lot of practice. Uh, and, you know, you have to be quiet in there. There are signs everywhere that says silence, please. And there's a little bit of talking, but not much. So I, I think it was day two. <laughs> it was day two. I'm walking around. Uh, I'm doing my prayer. I'm doing my meditation. Basically, I'm doing my mantra practice. I'm barefoot. My feet hurt because I'm walking barefoot. 
And then outside of the temple, it's just blazing hot. It's like 90 degrees, 94 degrees. You know, it's 30 Fahrenheit, 32 Celsius, 30 Celsius. Yeah, it's pretty blazing hot. Ground is hot, that kind of thing. At least inside, it's not as hot, but my feet do hurt. And then uh, they have like, you know, a little turn in. You can come to the center of the, the Maya Devi temple and you can see the, the birthstone, the exact place where Gautama Siddhartha was born. And there's even like, there's even a nativity scene. Uh, that's not just a Christian thing. Uh, right above it uh, on the, this wall, it's really quite cool. And, you know, I'm doing my thing. I'm there, you know, many times every day. And as I'm walking back, I'm about to go outside and I noticed this little girl, this little Nepalese girl. She is so cute. I mean, she is so cute. It's unbelievable. And uh, she's looking at me and I look down at her and I, I raise my hand in prayer position and I say, Namaste. <laughs> and her parents are like, say it, say it, you know, or they were saying it in Nepalese, you know, and she put her hands together. Oh, it was so adorable. She put her hands together and she bowed down and she said, Namaste. And it was so cute. Oh, my word. I, I tell you, I tell you, my heart melted and then everything that was left totally evaporated. I mean, this little girl was just so beautiful, you know, and she's talking pretty loud. We're in this temple. And then the next thing, you know, she's like, what is your name? And I said, oh, my name is Alejandro. And she's like, hi, Alejandro, where are you from? <laughs> and I was like, are we really having this conversation in this most sacred temple? And I said, I'm from the United States. And she said, I'm from Nepal. And my name is, I can't remember what her name was. It had many more syllables than Alejandro. And, uh, and she's like, I want to shake your hand. And you know, at first I kind of thought, usually when kids say stuff like that, I figure they want to shake my short side, but she started reaching for my right hand, and uh, I put out my left arm, and she kind of, she did a couple double takes, and then she just grabbed my the end of my left arm. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I reached out my left arm, my short arm, and uh, yeah, she did a couple double takes and didn't skip a beat. She just grabbed the end of my arm and started shaking it, and I started shaking it. And then I reached out my right hand, and I shook her hand, and I said, it's very nice to meet you. And she said, thank you. It's nice to meet you, too. And then her and her parents left. And I was, you know, I was a little stunned. I actually looked around. People were looking. It was it was a moment. We're having a moment in this just beautiful place. And... Uh, as I was walking out, I was thinking to myself, you know, that little girl obviously has gotten some very good English training. She must be learning that in school because she was very cordial and very proper and very exact. And, you know, she knew cues and she just knew how to hold a conversation. She she was trained in some courteous small talk. It was totally adorable. Uh, and then, you know, I went and I did some more practice. I went and sat by a couple areas, you know, not the main Bodhi tree, but other trees, you know, the, the prayer flag garden. I came back to the temple. I did more work. And then 
Then I started coming to the main tree and there, there's a couple of other smaller trees that have benches built around them in a circle. And as I was walking to this bench, I noticed, uh, I noticed this little girl again and her family and they were all looking at me like, oh, hey, there's that guy and he's coming this way. And I just, <laughs> I just walked right up to him and I said, hey, is it okay if I sit down? And they're like, yeah. And the little girl was like, what happened to your hand? <laughs> you know, and I said, I was born like this. Oh, before that, her, her, uh, her mom was like, they were looking at me, her mom and the little girl, and the mom was like, just ask him. Just, it's okay, just ask him. And that's when she just leaned over and she said, hey, where's your hand? And I said, I, I was, I, I don't have one. I was born like this. And she's like, oh, like it was no big deal. And then her parents were like, can, can we take a selfie with you? Can we get a picture with you and our daughter? And I said, oh, absolutely, just absolutely. And then they took a couple shots and then I was like, can I get a selfie? That's the one that's in this image. That's the uh, the featured image for this podcast. Oh, this girl was killing me. And she, we just hung out for a little bit and she said, thank you. I took the pictures and I, she, I waved by and she waved by, waved by with my short side. Kids love that. And her parents all laughed and they, they were gone, you know, and it was just, it was just, super super special that, that that's what that's the story I want to I want to share about that just super super special and then you know what else I was thinking about uh, I was just thinking about how cool it was that I had two great experiences with children coming out of basically coming out of some of the most sacred Buddhist places. One is at Lumbini, at the Maya Devi Temple, and the other was at Parping. Farping. It's a, a cave that uh, Pamasambhava stayed at here in Nepal. It's a very famous cave. Um, I went there. I did my thing and as soon as I came out there was just this little girl that was the 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 story previous to this so I just thought it was great I, it, it was an interesting unfolding and it what it, it it is worth noting that I had these great experiences with children uh coming out of sacred places doing a lot of deep meditation a lot of deep practice uh, and then running into children and having an absolutely great time. Just so, so special. Okay, my friends, there it is. I am going to basically bring this podcast to a close, but I'm going to give you a little, just another little short story. This happened today. I was at Swaibunath Temple all morning and early afternoon. Uh, that's the monkey temple. It's one of my it's basically my favorite spot in Kathmandu. I'm I'm staying near um, Bodhanath temple, which is the big one. Um, but I I usually get a ride out to Swaibunath every morning. I'm going out again tomorrow. And when I came back, they, they dropped me off. The taxis dropped me off right at the main front gate. 
Uh, and I was like, okay, I, I only had like 800 rupees and it cost 600 to get in. No, it cost 400 to get in. So I kind of got my money ready. I jumped out of the cab. And as soon as I walked through the gate, I looked and uh, I looked and I saw the main security guard. He's kind of sitting down halfway up the, the, the kind of the entrance. Uh, then they have a kind of a floating guard and then they have the guard that's behind the gate uh, the ticket gate where you got to pay and I walked up you know I kind of looked at these two and then I, I turned I took a hard right and I'm like oh okay here's where I pay and you know I was I was, got, I was pulling out my money I was like 400 rupees he's like no 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 just go just go and then the floater guy was kind of coming at us real quick he's like oh no 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 pay no pay you no pay you no pay <laughs> And then I looked at the main guy sitting down and he gave me the prayer position. He's like, you know, kind of like namaste kind of thing. And he's like, you know, pay. And he pointed to his left arm and kind of implied like it being cut off. And he said, no, you don't have to pay. And, you know, that was so cool because I, I typically always pay when I go to Swaibunath or you know, Bhaktapur or anything like that. I, you know, I guess today must have been disability day. I don't know, or just all three of these guys were in the same flow. But yeah, because I don't have two hands, I didn't have to pay. And I was that I was so touched. I actually got I teared up like, you know, I touched the guy, the, the main guard. And I was like, thank you. You know, I gave him a bow. I one handed namaste. And then I touched him and I said, thank you very much. And it was very sincere. He just kind of shook his head. <laughs> no problem, you know. And as I was leaving, I was just, I was just touched, you know. And I, I started to tear up, you know. I, 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 you know, I welled up. I shed a tear because it was, it was so moving. It was so kind. It was so unexpected. It was so nice. Um, yeah, it was really special. Uh, you know what? I'm having a great time here in Kathmandu, in Nepal. I'm having a great time in Nepal. The phrase is, once Nepal, always Nepal. Uh, people keep coming back. And um, yeah, so, okay, I'll get another podcast going next week. But those are my stories for this week, my friends. And as they say in Kathmandu and in Nepal, namaste. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>